0: I'm Tony Graves with Little America Miniature Horses in Buda, Texas. You're listening
1: to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
2: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture.
3: Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association held its annual meeting over the weekend in Fort Worth. Over 3,000 cattle industry professionals were on hand to talk about all kinds of subjects affecting the cattle industry. One of the biggest ones, sustainability. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin, I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
4: For the second season in a row, Texas High Plains cotton farmers are up against dry conditions ahead of planting time. Now they're hoping this will be the second season in a row when some unanticipated rainfall comes along. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
5: South Texas Hay Drive set to hit the road for Eastland County in North Central Texas to help fellow farmers and ranchers devastated by wildfires over the last several days. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
6: From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. This week we're going to talk about preparations being made for spring planting, also still dry conditions.
3: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association held its annual meeting over the weekend in Fort Worth with over 3,000 cattle industry participants attending the event. One of those was Colin Woodall, the CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Woodall is a native of Big Spring, Texas and a graduate of Texas A&M
7: it is always great to be home but even better to be with all of our friends here at tscra and talk about what's going on on the national level and the great partnership we have between ncba and the texas and southwestern cattle racers
3: what all says the sustainability issue is the top concern of cattle producers right now
7: we spend a lot of time talking about sustainability and how sustainability is really sprinkled throughout every issue we're working on right now everything from fake meat to climate issues in Capitol Hill, to just connecting with the consumer and answering the questions that they have.
3: And the message
7: is that cattle
3: producers have always been in a sustainable industry.
7: You look at here in Texas, we have some of these ranch families been around four, five, six generations or more. That's sustainability. And being able to quantify that and be able to sell that to lawmakers to regulators and ultimately to the consumer is a task that we have, but one that we're up for and looking uh, looking at uh, being able to take the, the true facts and figures and letting the consumer know that they can feel comfortably eating our product.
3: Woodall says the facts speak for themselves with cattle production in the U.S. accounting for 2% of total greenhouse gas emissions, while transportation causes 25% of emissions and the energy sector accounts for 29%. Wildfires have caused massive destruction over Texas over the past week, and they continue to burn this week in some areas. We caught up with Scott Williamson at the TSCRA convention in Fort Worth. He heads up the TSCRA Special Rangers, who are hard at work as first responders on the scene at the wildfires.
1: We sent Special Rangers in. They assist with several different facets of those emergency management. From the beginning, maybe helping just simply to evacuate livestock out of potential burn areas. As those fires encroach, then that turns to saving lives. So it may be evacuation of, of houses or towns. A post-burn area, then we would be involved in grid searches, uh, search and rescue of residences, locating burned animals or animals that were out and needed rescuing. Uh, we will Note those in a grid search so that we can report back with AgriLife and the State Veterinarian to help get care and aid to those animals in those locations. So an array of different hats that we would would wear in those emergency management circumstances.
3: Williamson says he worked both the Eastland Complex and Hood County fires last week. Texas High Plains cotton farmers are facing dry conditions ahead of planting. James Hunt tells us they're hoping for some unanticipated rainfall like they had
4: last year. Recent moisture events have missed some locations and our entire region remains in a drought. As planting time gets closer, Mark Brown of Plains Cotton Growers says area fields are very dry.
7: We would like to see
0: the top three feet of the profile good and wet. And typically across our region, we can see that most of these soils... In our growing region, will hold about an inch and a half of available moisture per foot of soil. So we'd like to see at least four and a half or five inches of soil moisture available in there. Will we get that? There's no way of knowing, but chances are not really
4: likely. But that's based on the current weather outlook. Things can change. For example, Brown reminds us to look back just one year. Things were also looking bleak ahead of planting time last season, but production in the High Plains turned out pretty well overall. Lo and behold, toward the end of the planting window, we
0: began receiving rainfall, and very fortunately, in many, not all areas, but in many areas in the Plains Cotton Growers region, we did continue to get enough rain to move us along, and we ended up with that nice crop last year. Hopefully, we'll see the same thing in 2022.
4: And that's the kind of optimism that many farmers will carry with them as they head to the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center later this week for a couple of big cotton industry events. The Texas Cotton Ginners Association is having its annual two-day trade show on Thursday and Friday, and the Plains Cotton Growers' annual meeting, which is free and open to the public, will be held on Friday beginning with a breakfast at 7.30 a.m. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: When disaster strikes in one part of Texas, you can always count on farmers and ranchers in the rest of the state to step up and help. Tom Nicoletti talks with one South Texas high school student who's doing her part to help wildfire victims. For today's program, we go to Goliad
5: in South Texas, where we catch up with Harley Jarzombek. She is uh, the coordinator of a hay transport of donated hay from Carnes County in South Texas to Eastland County in North Central Texas, one of the many counties that has been stricken by wildfires this spring. And uh, Harley, uh, you are a high school junior at Goliad High School and uh, specifically a 4-H and FFA Texas Youth Livestock Ambassador. Why are you involved in this program?
8: Something they tell us to do for the Texas Youth Livestock Ambassador Program is they always tell us to strive to make Texas agriculture a better place to be. So I talked to my parents about it and some fellow ambassadors, and they said, yes, let's put something together. So me and my parents put together a hay drive. We reached out to some different people, found some different trucks and hauling and hay. Now we're at the point that we are today where we're ready to load trucks and send them off.
5: As I understand, the Carnes County Farm Bureau is making a major financial commitment to this transportation of hay. What's involved there?
8: With fuel, diesel mainly costing $5 a gallon, it gets very costly. And the Farm Bureau in Carnes County was more than gracious and generous to donate $2,400 to cover the fuel for four different semi-trucks to make it up to Eastland County and back.
5: And these are 18-wheeler flatbed trucks owned by the K5 Trucking Company. These trucks will be able to haul 26 to 34 round bales of hay per truck, depending on the bale size. Yes, sir. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: Preparations are underway for spring planting on the Texas Southern Plains. Eddie Griffiths has an update from Lubbock.
6: Producers are out in the field trying to get pre-irrigation going for this upcoming season. Irrigation has started in some places, try to get a profile built up for planting moisture for the spring seeded crops. At this point, it's gonna take quite a bit of irrigation to get that moisture profile up to where we need it. And then also we're gonna need some warmer temperatures to try to get the soil temperature suitable for planting. But as of right now, still lack of moisture, the major concern here in West Texas. We did did receive a little bit of moisture, but it's not enough to speak of and not nearly enough to get things rolling here in the springtime. Again, the winds are a concern at this point with limited moisture. Cover crops are not established. Residue from the previous crop is helping with the blowing conditions. With that, I mean the blowing sand and trying to keep your soil in place but in some cases where cultivation was utilized producers may be having a hard time trying to keep that dirt where it's supposed to be and not blowing away just because of dry blowing but hopefully here in the near future we will see some type of moisture at least to get cover crops established out there but again at this point cover crops are pretty minimal from west texas i'm eddie griffiths
9: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has approved changes to several deer definitions for hunters. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and that story is coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: And the ongoing drought may result in an increase in cattle fever ticks from Mexico. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
10: Break out your camera and snap a pick for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash. Like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau photo contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit texasfarmbureau.org for complete contest rules. That's texasfarmbureau.org.
2: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The ongoing drought may result in an increase in
3: cattle fever ticks from Mexico. Dr. Bob Judd says that's a very real possibility.
11: The Rio Grande Valley water levels are very low at this point, which makes it easier for wildlife to cross the border into Texas. Wildlife, especially deer, carry the ticks that can transmit babesiosis to cattle. And rancher Renato Ramirez told a border reporter that deer continually cross the Rio Grande at Lake Falcon. Cattle fever ticks carry the microscopic parasite Babesia, which destroys red blood cells in the cattle, leading to anemia high fever, enlargement of the spleen and liver, and about 90% of the infected cattle do not survive. Water levels at Falcon Reservoir are just 23% of capacity, and the water should be 40 feet higher, making it easier for the wildlife to cross from Mexico to Texas. There is no control over fever ticks in Mexico at this time, so many of the ticks that come across the border are infected with the parasite. United States government has established a permanent fever tick quarantine zone that extends along the border from Del Rio to Brownsville on the Texas Gulf Coast. Zapata County is the location of Lake Falcon, and County Judge Joe Rathmell indicates this drought in South Texas is putting many cattle herds at risk. Judge Rathmell is also a rancher, and he indicates it has been an ongoing effort against the fever ticks, and Zapata County seems to be the epicenter of the problem. Ranchers along the border and the lake have to deal with the infestation. Federal regulations require that ranchers in the quarantine area dip their cattle in special government-approved insecticide vats every 90 days to ward off the fever ticks. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has approved changes to several deer definitions for hunters. Jessica Domo looks at those changes in today's Wildlife Report.
9: The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission has approved a proposal to modify how the state defines antlerless deer and bucks. Alan Kane, Whitetail Deer Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, explained the proposal to the Commission.
1: The next proposal for consideration is to modify the definition of buck and antlers deer for clarification purposes for hunters and for law enforcement purposes to address those oddball tagging requirements, scenarios such as shed antler bucks, antler does, or buck fawns. And so staff would propose to clarify that antlers deer are deer having no antler point protruding through the skin or a deer that has completely shed its antlers, and that buck deer will be defined as deer having antler point protruding through the skin or a deer having antler growth in velvet greater than one inch.
9: There were more than 340 comments on the proposal prior to the commission's consideration last week. 82 percent of those who commented agreed with the proposal the
1: reasons for disagreement primarily the, the majority of the comment was that folks thought that shed antler bucks or buck fawns should be tagged as a buck and looking at it as purely the sex of the deer rather than you know what's on its head and there was one i think one person commented that antlers should include deer with hardened antlers less than one inch
9: that was Alan Kane, whitetail deer program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, at the commission hearing. The proposal to change the definitions was approved by the commission unanimously. Those modifications are set to go into effect for the 2022-23 whitetail deer hunting season. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
3: The grain markets headed lower throughout the trading session on Tuesday. That helped to boost the cattle market. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
9: This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833 897 2474 that is 833 897 2474 have you experienced problems like rising costs market fluctuations family conflicts or extreme weather are you feeling stressed and defeated well it is okay to ask for help call the Texas Agri Stress Help Line. here's the number again 833 897 2474 that is 833 897 2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farmlifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today.
2: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Several news
3: outlets reporting on Tuesday that Russia is promising to pull back forces from a couple of cities in Ukraine and a sign that may mean some possible peace talks. That news sent the grain markets tumbling sharply lower and usually, when we see the grain markets drop, that boosts cattle prices. That's exactly what we saw happen. Both live and feeder cattle responding with a strong positive move on Tuesday. April live cattle up 60 cents at 140.90. June up a dollar 70, 138.47. August up a dollar 22, at 138.52. An even stronger move in the feeder market. The nearby march was up 60 cents at 15670, April feeder's up 352, 16435, while May feeder cattle were up 432, closing at 16940. Cash fed cattle market still quiet for the week on Tuesday, no bids or asking prices to report. Box to beef prices were mixed Tuesday, the choice up 87 cents at 26474. Select down one42 forty-two $2.54.90. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear cattle on
0: a Tuesday, it's time to prepare for a Wednesday sale in Caldwell. Let's ask Carl Herman how his last Wednesday sale turned out. Carly was cold and rainy. What'd you draw? Larry, we had over 400 head uh, due to the, all the rain and storms. I guess we got between two and five inches of rain scattered around, which everybody needed, with uh, 90 stellars and 40 buyers. We had uh, 85 cows and bulls, slaughter cows 45 to 103, slaughter bulls 65 to 119, stocker cows 775 to 1100, and pairs 900 to 1100. On the calves, two to three weight steers, 165 to 210, three to four weights, one 164 to 237, 4 to 5 weights, 161 to 197, 5 to 6 weights, 150 to 177. 6 to 7 weight steers brought 140 to 160, and the 7 to 8 weights, 120 to 127. On the heifers, 2 to 3 weights, 150 to 210. 3 to 4 weight heifers, 140 to 195. 4 to 5 weight heifers brought 143 to 163. 5 to 6 weights, 135 to 150. 6 to 7 weights, 120 to 149. And the 7 to 8 weights, 115 to 125. Offering on the calves is not as attractive as it has been. Uh, The market's still good. They're needing a calf. If we got any ropers listening, uh, we're going to have about 175 uh, roping calves from one guy. They're going to be we're weighing from 140 to 185 to 200, uh, they're going to be black. And there's a few reds on them, but uh, they'll be good calves. We sell them every year. We'll sell them after the cows, starting on the calves. We look forward to that. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Carl. Okay, my number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. Or if you are any Giddings and surrounding area, call Max 700-540-8676. I'm Larry Marble. your are neighbor. Walking the pens. Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day.
3: Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished lower on Tuesday. April hogs dropped a dollar 10605 May hogs down fifty-two cents at one eighteen seventy-seven. Class three milk was mixed. March milk up a penny, twenty-two forty-two a hundred weight. April milk down twenty-eight cents, twenty-three twenty-five a hundred. That Russia-Ukraine news weighed on the cotton market on Tuesday. We were sharply lower, especially on the old crop contracts. The nearby May dropping 226 points, 136.81. October cotton down 105, 116.99, while the December was down 26 points, at 111.04. The possibility of Russia Ukraine peace talks sent both the corn and wheat markets sharply lower with double digit losses on Tuesday. May corn dropped 22 and a quarter, 726 and a quarter. July corn down 22 cents at 708 and a half. September down 15 at 666 and three quarters. July Kansas City wheat dropping 45 and a quarter, 1024 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 42 and a quarter at 1009 and a quarter. In the energy markets, April Natural Gas dropped 25 cents, 525. May crude oil down a dollar thirty-three at one zero four sixty-three a barrel. The financial markets higher Tuesday afternoon, the Dow up two hundred ninety-six points 35,252. The NASDAQ up two hundred sixty-eight at fourteen thousand six twenty-three. The S&P up 53 points, 4,628. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this great state on the planet, Texas agriculture.
2: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts.